0: Welcome back to the boys dynasty fantasy football podcast. I'm your co-host Josh Schaefer. I'm here with two new co-hosts this week. Sloan's on his honeymoon boozing it up in Marco Island. I'm here with Brian McShay and Mike Kuyper Jr. I might Ooh. cause a little beef over that Ooh. one, but <laughs> he's a man of many names. <laughs> Mike, Brian, say hi.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome.
0: Welcome. (laughs) Were you welcoming everyone else or were you welcoming yourself? Hey, this is
1: my pod this week, so
0: I'm welcoming you all in. Well, we're glad to have both of you. Thank you for coming on this week. I'm sure nobody wanted a monologue lecture again. I feel like when you're doing a single podcast, it's like very hard to not just lecture the whole time. Because, like, you can't ask any questions, you know? Like, you are the answer to all of your questions, so.
2: I do. I really appreciate uh, your, like, your your pace or the way you talked <laughs> last week. It was just, like, super, like, short and choppy and, like, so different than when you talk with a guest on the pod.
0: <laughs> I tried to be inspired by, like, what would Ryan Rossillo do, you know? Like, I'm not saying it was anything like that, but I'm just saying – inspiration wise like if you're just rushing through it it's kind of like it can be a bit disorienting so you nailed it wow thanks guys I appreciate it well I'm glad to have you both here it's more fun when I get to talk with people who actually know about fantasy football (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into what happened last week it was a pretty wild week honestly very low scoring outside of the top team Sloan finished with 172 in first place, and then second place was Brian or Matt. Oh, yeah, it was Brian at 119, um, followed by Matt, me, and then a bunch of other people in the middle of the pack. I'll go through the insights, uh, but I want to hear from you guys first. What jumped off the page to you this week, Brian? We'll start with you.
2: Okay, um, I I feel like this was just a banner week for the table format, like. That's I, we all know I was, I was very against the table format at first, but like going into Monday night football with all that on the line was just amazing. I, I didn't know if I was going to finish second or if I was going to finish like eighth or ninth, like there were just enough, enough teams that were in that like 100 to 120 range, even with their projections going in, not just where they finish, finished, but even with their projections that you just had no idea what was going on. And I was watching Monday Night Football just like cheering for nothing to happen the whole time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Yeah, I I thought it was a good week for like lower mid-table teams, specifically you and Angad, just starting to build some momentum, making what the order looked like seem a little more ambiguous going into the second half of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, Brian, your week's solidly launches you into maybe that fourth seed kind of outside looking in discussion, but enough to where you've got a chance. And um, I guess, unfortunately for me, uh, same old, same old, but that's no surprise, but yeah, I, I think we're starting to get the division into different tiers of the table um, to really start take shape. Um, and, you know, with bi-weeks coming up that will be distorted on a week by week basis, but um it-
2: yeah, it is pretty wild too. Like I was just looking at uh our finishes here and within a 3 point range there were four teams that all finished in that range from 101.7 with Austin to 10 uh, I think 104.56 with uh Angad. All all four teams in that three 3 point, you know, bracket.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a wild week. I mean, I think on going into Monday night would have thought comfortably he would have finished in like second overall with Mike Williams, Jerry, Judy and Melvin Gordon. He gets, you know, he still gets five table points, but that hurts quite a bit. You know, I. Oh, God. OK, oh, here we go. Sloan just joined with his super sunburnt body. He is up, looking boys? red right now. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling burnt. Very hot. What happened? Have you not been, have you been using sunscreen the other days or was today just a weird day for you?
3: Yeah, the other days I was using sunscreen. Yesterday it was really gloomy uh, and cloudy and rainy and today it was kind of windy and I just, I didn't feel like I needed to do the sunscreen all over and I made a big mistake.
0: Well, at least your mole is safe right now, so that's good. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
2: i it seems like you've been having a pretty good time how many i i've kind of excuse me that i've lost track of how many drinks we're on today but how many are we up to i think today
3: uh maybe three or four not too many i've definitely gotten tired over the past couple of days it takes huh, a on of drinking this much yeah i know <laughs> you'll know it hey in uh, april or may whatever you do your honeymoon brian you'll you'll understand yeah
2: Yeah, I'll bring everyone along with me, too.
0: (laughs) Good. Yeah, it's been fun to see your drinking journey uh, along your honeymoon, Sloan. It's uh, Mm. quite the adventure.
3: Yeah, it's been fun to do it while I whip everyone's butt in fantasy
1: football at the same time. So it's been really enjoyable. We were just talking about this week. If you want to give your two cents on your uh, dominant performance. Well...
3: I'm happy I won, although I feel like I used up maybe a little too much of my players' capabilities this week because I won by so much. I wish I could have spread that out
2: over the next couple weeks, but a win's a win, and I'll take the 10 points. That's true. It was a big week for you. It kind of vaulted you back up into the the top tier.
0: You've really just lucked out with, with what's been happening a little bit, Sloan. I will say that. With Ramondre kind of coming into form, that's blind luck. You know, Raheem Ayuk having an, Raheem Moster, yeah. Trading away Chase Edmonds and that happening. Ayuk, well, a little bit, I don't know, unlucky with Gabe Davis. I don't know. He's never been that good. It's, you've still had some, you needed those guys to come through or your bench depth would have been absolutely garbage.
3: I would like to point out with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, I think the writing was on the wall when I traded away Edmonds. We saw the touches that Moster was getting. Edmonds didn't get as many. He did get a touchdown, I think, in each of the next two games after I traded him away. But uh, I like most of its usage, and I like having Dalton Schultz back. Hopefully he can be healthy, and I can use him in the future.
1: That was I a will smart say move. I, uh, this was something I was going to bring up here shortly, uh, and Sloan's part of it. I think Sloan and Matt, um, if you look at our, our Excel sheet that we do to track our scoring, um, they're near the top of the manager efficiency um overall on a season by, on a season basis, but also on a week by week basis, um, and that's obviously helped them kind of achieve where they're at currently. But I do think it indicates that their depth might not be the best. So uh, I think that's indicative of knowing who to start every week if that makes sense. So um, yeah. good in that sense that they are very sure in who they need to play. On the other side though, that probably means one or two injuries could, spell trouble going into the last eight weeks so
2: yeah so sloan before you before you uh drop off i want to give you a chance to to own up to um the text exchange that you and i had before last week if if you choose not to i'll own up for you later in
0: the pod sloan has a lot to own up for this week but, he does. Uh, because i don't even know about this thing so I... it's been a long week i'm gonna think back <laughs> to when i when i texted you guys about No, 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 no. What did you text Brian about? Apparently there was some kind of bet. It's uh, uh,
3: PJ Walker. Uh, I don't think it was a bet. I think it was more of a (laughs) confidence thing on my end, trying to – I don't know what I was trying to do. I think boost myself up, boost my own confidence with PJ Walker. Uh, Brian, were you trying to trade me Tom Brady? I was trying to give him
2: Tom Brady for like the 15th time. Yeah, and I think I was in a tough spot last week with uh, Kirk Cousins
3: on by, uh, Baker was hurt, Sam Darnold still in IR, Drew Locke obviously not starting, so I did need a second quarterback. Um, but I had P.J. Walker, and I told Brian that P.J. Walker was going to score higher than Tom Brady last week. It could happen if P.J. Walker didn't get hurt, so it was a fluke week. But this upcoming week, uh, P.J. Walker will almost certainly score higher than Tom Brady, and, I- and I'll uh, – and I'll be correct.
2: I asked Sloan uh, earlier today if if I, if he thought that PJ Walker would eclipse the three-point mark this week.
3: <laughs> it 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 yeah. is difficult when the player gets hurt, Brian. I'll say that.
0: He is – PJ Walker is so horrendous at football. It is truly impressive. Wasn't he like the MVP in whatever XFL league he was in? The only reason he's on the Panthers is because Matt Rule used to coach him in college there's like six temple players that play for the Panthers where Matt Rule really used to coach. So that's why I guess Robbie Anderson is no longer on the team. So he was also, he played with PJ Walker in college. Fun fact.
1: Wow. I'm guessing there's a low correlation <laughs> with a uh, temple heavy roster and winning in the
0: NFL. I think just that's, a guess. that's probably true. Well, Sloan, so, anything else you want to add before you drop or do you just come in to say hi, do you want to stick around or are you leaving?
1: Uh, I'll hang for a few more minutes. I'd like to hear what were you guys talking about before I hopped in? Just the weekly review and kind of what we gleaned from the the latest results. Uh, While you're staying here, though, um, I heard the commissioner gave you a call this week with some uh, rules guidance. You want to tell the fine folks at home about that? I wouldn't say it was rules
3: guidance. I think it was more uh, a threat from the commissioner with his overreaching powers that he has currently uh and i think the league as a whole if it were come to a if it were to have come to a vote i think the league probably would have voted against me and any type of punishment that would have come about so i wanted to make sure i spoke with the commissioner beforehand and tried to get a lesser punishment or a small punishment i could get And i think i accomplished that so it worked out pretty well
0: yeah, I think the league was pretty fucking annoyed with you, just because you have a track <laughs> record of being fucking annoying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was very on brand for you. It was funny because you were texting me about the like. You texted me about the thing on about the Heineken thing. You're like, "Give me my fab back," and I was like, "No," and I was like, "This is the rule," and and I was like, "Do not." Before you even did anything, I was in my head. I was like. You're just gonna start picking up players that you know have already played just to be a fucking dick about it. And without fail, that's immediately what you did right after I texted you. So way to stay true to brand, Sloan. Proud of you for that.
1: So Sloan, did you did you pick up Heineke originally, like just forgetting the rule? Like you saw that I obviously did with a zero dollar bid. But did do you do 100% it accidentally? I did not know that he played Thursday.
3: Yep. I did not okay. know that he had already played. I don't know. I yeah, I just didn't know and I explained that to Josh.
1: For some reason, so did you get it, a penalty for it, and you don't. So was it one of those classic situations where you were like so mad at yourself for screwing up something obvious that you just like took it out on somebody else?
3: I think I would have been more mad <laughs> if you hadn't bid on it. If I was the only one who had bid on him, I would have been like,
1: you idiot, Like, what am I doing?
3: What, but since did I bid, you on bid on him? Yeah, did you Mike did. bid on you, him? You made a bid on him because you can't obtain a player unless you bid on him. A $0 bid is a bid. And okay. I think that's what made me a little more frustrated. I guess it made me less frustrated uh, when I saw that it had happened, but more frustrated when I was the one receiving
1: the punishment and you were not. Uh, but what's done is done. Well, my fab did get deducted at least. So That's <laughs> true.
0: Go. Mike did lose his entire bid, so in that way it is consistent. Well, I like seeing Dylan spend
3: as much money as he did on, on uh, Heineke. I thought that was a lot.
0: Uh, he needed to. to. Dylan 12. didn't have a quarterback this week, so yeah, him and Austin both didn't have one. I guess you have one still with PJ Walker. So
3: yeah, I was uh, debating whether I needed to pick up Eason uh, for this week, <laughs> but I didn't want to spend any fab on him and uh, or a roster spot. So it worked
0: out well. Um, who's Austin missing this week? He doesn't. He doesn't have. Uh, I think he's missing Stafford. Stafford is on by this week.
1: Okay. But he has two yeah. starting quarterbacks?
0: Yeah, He has got Cooper no, Rush.
1: Yeah. So, oh. so, so uh, no, is that. he
3: starting this week? I thought Dak was
1: going back. Dak is playing.
0: So gotcha. he's not okay. starting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad right. you uh, came to your census Sloan, because it really ruined my Sunday morning <laughs> when you were texting me, just like, I'm going to quit. I know you may not have noticed in the group me that it was bothering me. When I told you to eat my ass, <laughs> but that was the point that I put my phone down and then you texted me seven times and called me, uh, because I just was ignoring you at that point. So I was fully prepared for you to quit. I was like, good fucking riddance. I'm not, dealing with
3: anymore. It's, oh. it's tough being a commissioner, Josh, you've done a, an average job this season and I hope it gets better going forward.
0: Yeah, that's uh, true.
2: I think my, as an outsider in this, my favorite favorite part of the whole thing was just that uh, we were talking about being on character for Sloan, but it was wildly off character for Sloan to be the one that's uh, vehemently like arguing a uh, like an established uh, you know estab- maybe not rule but at least established history. He didn't no, know we had voted on it. Rule. He didn't no, know we had voted on it when he got mad. We had not voted on, voted we, not voted on the loss of FAB. There was never an official vote on the loss of FAB. Josh, you admitted but that on our phone call. Don't yeah, pretend but, like that was the only thing you were arguing, though.
0: Yeah, you were like, the rule is dumb. I should get to keep no, him." It is, Why is that the it rule? It is a dumb rule. Uh, you and you I don't care if I don't it.
3: keep him. I want my FAB back. That's the thing we had never voted on. And that's something we can do going forward is establish some powers that Josh can make unilaterally. We had never done that before in the past, so that's why it's
0: ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. I just expect I just had higher expectations for the league that you would know the rules and not continue to break them. <laughs> well, so, I'm, I'm sorry three, for assuming we are all adults here. All individuals who have been <laughs> penalized by this fake
3: rule have made mistakes in doing so. So, maybe it's time for us to change. Anyway, I gotta hop off, I'll listen to you guys talk crap about me when the pod gets released later. Yep. So,
0: happy hunting, pod, guys. Hope we'll your sunburn that. clears up quickly. Bye Sloan. Well, that was a nice little uh, interjection. Glad to have Sloan come on. It was good timing. We weren't like too far into anything, but yeah. Question yeah, the... for you, Josh.
1: Yeah. Do You feel like you are on Sloan's honeymoon more than Becca.
0: <laughs> You've had
1: a zoom with him, a call with him, continuous snap communication with him.
0: Texts. I... <sighs>
1: I'm just saying I probably would have been divorced by the end of my honeymoon. If I (laughs) was this online, let's uh, just say,
0: (laughs) let's just say at this point, I feel like I am also practicing NFP with. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you.
1: you (laughs) One more thing where I make fun of him on his honeymoon. Um, you guys might remember from a few weeks back, he put like four to five players on the trade block at once, uh, just some random evening being me. Of course I texted him like immediately for like half those players pretty much within like a half hour of that. He told me, I think I'm just done trading people for a while. <laughs> so puts like a third of his team on the trade block then says he's done trading people for a while. But then yeah. this week I've actually had some good trade discussions with him. So, um, you know, funny that, he is willing to have more trade discussions on his honeymoon than when he puts a third of his team on the
0: trade block, but this week is the most engaged he has ever been with fantasy football by far, by far. What were you going to say, Brian? I was going to say, I
2: feel like we should roll this into a conversation about uh, the, the standings after last week and, and the lack of trading that's happening in the league.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's been, it's been weird. Like, I the it has been so dead trying to trade with people because here's what here's my assessment of the situation is that the table, Mike, like Mike said, is very tiered at this point, right? It's me, Sloan, Dylan at the top, then it's kind of Matt and Tommy in the middle, and then I think, you know, Austin, Brian, on good Colin, and then Mike kind of in the next tier. So I think the tier that becomes the problem is this like on good austin kind of tier where they're definitely not contending they have these older players but they're incredibly unwilling to trade and and i was reflecting on it today i think it it becomes a problem of waffle house it almost like uh like it stunts the league's ability to grow and change and morph people are so scared of this that they are unwilling to move on from players because they think it will prevent them from going to Waffle House. Even if they're likely safe, they're just so worried that it's going to happen. They're not going to make the moves. What are your guys thoughts?
1: That's that's the funny part is that my performance six weeks in has pretty much locked in Waffle House more or less for me. I, I think so, especially with bye week still to come. My team, with a few. Bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. A few exposure weeks for my team. So <laughs> You know, it's probably a really safe time now. If you're a team that thinks you need to blow it up, that you can do safely, um, while assuring that you still get a high pick, that's not the worst, obviously. So, um, you mentioned lack of trading from teams that might want to blow it up. I'm still a little shocked. Outside of yourself, Josh, uh, contenders don't seem to be making much moves. Um, I know Dylan's got a deep team, but it never hurts to you know fill up an extra gap with a, a decent player and. Um, you know, looking at some rosters today, there's some teams like Dylan, Tommy, Sloan, even um, that could utilize an IR spot with a player who's out, you know, at worst, you're filling that spot um, opened up by IR with just a random lottery ticket from waivers. But you never know what you can do if you create those roster, bo- roster spots for yourself. So I don't know if it's just like apathy and not caring uh, too much or I guess as much as we do, but um yeah. Lack of moves is just astounding for a bunch of different reasons.
2: I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think Ongid um, still being in that second to last spot and six, you know, six table points out from you. I, I still think he should blow it up just because his roster, so many, so many players on his roster are, are like at the tail end of their primes that I think this is the time to, to cash in on them. But I do, I do understand like if he is afraid of Waffle House, why he would still be holding them a little bit. But I look at especially, like, Colin, Austin as teams that, like, you know, although in, in somewhat different spots, I, if I were them, I would be pretty aggressively trying to trade um, trade some of my veterans. Colin, obviously, is in, you know, I would group Colin more into, the, like, the rebuild teams now, um, especially after his off trade with you, Josh. But uh, he's still I got some players though. Huh? That- Oh my it's God. Made. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's one looking back on that, that I'd regret, but, um, but I mean, like he's kind of made his bed. So I would like, if I were him, I'd, I'd be pretty aggressive with, uh, with looking to make some moves. He has to his, at least with me, like been a little bit more engaged with trades recently. So maybe he's, you know, leaning that way. Um, and I know Austin, I think Austin kind of feels a little bit in limbo too, but um, I think he's got some players that could, he could get some pretty good, pretty good return for
0: yeah we're definitely getting to the time where like the rubber meets the road where these teams who have kind of been able to just sit and like make a few moves here or there but nothing big like this is when you really have to be a dynasty gm about like my team is at a crucial turning point like how important is it for me to continue to like do what i've been doing stick with it or just like fully commit to it because there are some weird teams like Colin and Ongood both don't have their pick next year. So it's like, and they're not gonna get it likely for anything really super cheap. So that puts them in a weird position as well. You know, I've I think my biggest problem when it's been coming to trades is, you know, I've been talking to the teams that just don't typically trade as much. And I just can't even get like counter offers at this point, you know, like it's just offer out, offer out, offer out, offer out. No, 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 no. But nothing, I'm not going to tell you what I'm interested in. I'm not going to tell you to fuck off. I'm just going to like, keep like baiting you in, which is fun for a little bit, but I'm at the point where I think I'm just going to start calling people. And not let them get off the phone, kind of like I did with Tommy that one time at the trade deadline for Travis Kelsey.
1: Who doesn't, doesn't love it? a good reader receipt, though? <laughs> you know, just seeing that they read it like a day ago and no response—that's just a good feeling. Yeah, I'll um, do like the like-
0: on my own message. I'll do the like two exclamation points where you can like do that on your iPhone. You know, <laughs> like emphasize it. That's what I'll do after a couple
2: nice. Of days. I feel like I'm. I, I I would say I'm probably not as aggressive with trading with those teams as as you two are, but. Um, when I've put some feelers out over the last two or three weeks, I feel like I've gotten what you're talking about, Josh, where like when you're fishing and you get like the little nibbles on your line, you're like, Oh, maybe there's one there. And then it just disappears. Like I've had a couple where I get a response and, you know, they're engaging with the offer. They're, you know, saying, you know, no, but I, I am interested in this player or something like that. And, you know, I send a counter or something like that, or, you know, prompt them to send send an offer and it just, it absolutely fizzles out.
1: Uh, circling back with our uh, discussion of teams, possibly near the bottom, I'll go ahead and um, integrate a very brief analysis I did on bye weeks coming up. Cause I think that would make the difference if you're a team, you know, on the outside looking in, you kind of have to be aware of if you still have weeks upcoming um, that are going to be weak for you. So I'm not really going to get into specific players, um, other than Austin, who I'd call out as having a really unfortunate break with uh, Dak returning on the week that um, one of his QB bye weeks uh, falls. So Cooper Rush no longer effective, but just running through a couple uh, teams and um, what that might do for them going forward. Um, Colin, I'd say his worst bye week has already come and gone. Um, this past week was pretty rough for his team, um, but week nine looks to be a uh, fairly challenging as well. So that could be one where maybe he thinks about holding on to all of his roster uh, until closer to that time frame, knowing that that's coming up. Um, Similarly, on good week 14. So that's a very late one, the last week of the regular season. Um, But he's got Matt Ryan, AJ Dillon, uh, Kamara, Michael Thomas, Mooney all out on the same week. Um, So you're looking at a team that maybe looking to get that last playoff spot, probably not more likely um, looking to impact their own draft position uh, somewhat uh, going all the way to the last week of the regular season. Uh, but then just a couple more week nine is going to hit a ton of people. Um, Brian, it looks like your team's going to get impacted pretty heavily Dylan yep. as well. Um, you know, Josh, your team, I, and Matt mentioned this in his power rankings, your team seems to be the one, um, that just happens to be well spread out. And, you know, none of this is the fault of any of us uh, esteemed team owners. We can't control the bye weeks that get assigned. Um, But, you know, you you did luck out pretty well with a good spread of um, bye weeks And uh, lastly, of course, I've, I've got my own team where quote every week is a bye week (laughs) So um, you're welcome. Everybody else.
2: I, I really like, uh, or I guess I'm most curious in, um, that on good, you know, week 14 by situation, because it does kind of make me wonder, like, you know, if you, uh, if you keep it within, you know, four or five table points with him going into that last week, I still a super long shot, but like, man, that could get really interesting with, you know, if his players are out week 14 and you somehow put together a third, fourth,
1: fifth place finish or something. You know, there's one more team I should mention. And this one is a contender, Tommy. All three of what his projected starting quarterbacks would be at that time in the season have a week 14 bye. So, um, and he's a team that could definitely be in the hunt for that fourth spot. Um, so, you know, if he's not got a really nice buffer built in going into that last week of the regular season, you kind of have to treat that week as an automatic loss for him given that he won't have any QBs starting. So either he Which makes it sound good too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's either making a big move before trade deadline um, or else he's just kind of taking it on the chin for the last week.
0: The trade deadline is the real variable in this like equation, I think just because week 10 is like coming up pretty soon, you know, and, there are players that like need to get traded from some of these teams. Like Alvin Kamara, in my opinion, is like a must trade before the deadline. You're not going to get shit for him in the off season. Cause he's going to get suspended. Like this is uh, and, and every week you get closer, like people know that it's going to happen. Like, so I understand wanting to hold, to keep yourself out of waffle house, but that is like every week it gets a little scarier. I would imagine he's gone. Michael Thomas has been a mess for him again this year. Unfortunately, it sucks to be on good when it comes to the bye weeks. That, th- that point about Tommy is super interesting for week 14. I wasn't aware of that. That'll probably yeah, I mean, be that'll be a big deal because I'm sure Matt will probably still be trying to push for that fourth spot. I think he wants to make the playoffs this year.
2: Yeah, no, he definitely does. I think another player that, um, maybe this is a little bit of of a sleeper but i really think that Colin should trade miles sanders because miles sanders is having like a career year in in philly at least so far and uh, he's old enough and unreliable enough in my opinion that by the time colin is ready to compete again he's probably not not a starter for colin um that's one where it's like i think you could get I think you could get a team, you know, that's, that's in the middle of the pack to maybe pay a little bit of a, you know, of an overpay for miles Sanders. Like I would definitely pay more for miles Sanders than I ever have before, you know, in previous, in previous years. Yeah. um, Just because of how, how involved he's been. But that's one to me where it's like that falls in the middle ground of like miles Sanders is in his prime. He's having a great season, but he's not lining up with, with Collins, you know, Three to five year plan, and you just you don't want to be stuck with him. And like Adam Thielen's another one for Colin, where like Adam Thielen doesn't do Colin much this year, other than help him avoid Waffle House, and and that's where it's like maybe this is you know maybe this is all leading into a discussion about you know as much as I I think the Waffle House punishment is entertaining, you know is it is it a detriment? No, maybe, but I know Mike I know where Mike stands, but. It's
0: not, it's not because it adds a whole nother layer to the league because Waffle House is so significant. It actually changes player values. Like it has, like, it's like, it's almost like an adjuster on like that adjustment in trades. It has that kind of impact. I think it does. Like on good trading Alvin Kamara or Austin wanting to par with any of his older assets, like, you're like, okay, I really don't want to go there right now, holding this guy, you know, for another four weeks. Like, Brian, you're the same with Tom Brady. Like, that's the only reason you have him on your team. I mean, that trade ended yeah. up being fire, just like, anyway. But yeah, still, like, I think it does have a serious impact on player values, especially in these early weeks of the season where teams aren't quite sure where they stand. Maybe around like week eight and nine, trades will start to pick up. But I think nobody wants to get rid of those like lower end teams that haven't committed yet, especially Colin and Ongud, who don't have their own first rounder. I mean, that's a huge part of this equation. Like, what's the point of going full tank right now when you don't even have your pick and you're not going to be able to get it? So, but you can get other
2: picks. Like, you don't have to have your own. Like, yeah. I mean, Josh, you would pay a first for some of these players. Like you've got multiple Mike. I mean, I don't know about Mike, because obviously you're trying to, you're trying to But like, Josh, you would, I feel like you would definitely part with a first for, for some of those assets.
0: You know, I've talked to people about it. And like, when I think about like an Alvin Kamara for a first, like, even if it's my first, like, which is probably eight to 10, let's say it's in the eight to 10 range, you know, I'm getting like a Sean Tucker, a Zach Evans at that pick, like. I don't know. I feel pretty good about like with all these old running backs, I feel pretty good about that. And I'm not going to like sell the first round pick at it. Like if I sell a 2023 first at the deadline, that's probably like near the lowest value that that pick is going to have. I think over the course of this year, like those teams, I think people are kind of down on the 2023 class a little bit. I'm still the running backs look absolutely insane. I think they are, Nuts. It's going to be a sick year for running backs, especially with all these older players. And there's
2: lots of quarterback options.
0: Oh, so many. So the first round is going to be so loaded. And even I think in the first like 13 or 14 picks, I think there'll be good value there. You might not get your choice, but you'll get whatever is left over. But I am just, I, I think it's really hard for my team because I'm like, I know this is my window. I have older assets that are going to start depreciating and like not allow me to win. But at the same time, like these 2023 first could be the thing that like keep me alive and contending for the future. So it's a tough balance of like not wanting to sell these at some kind of insane discount just so I can get a player that might help me win this year, but is far from guaranteed. So, you know, and, and, and the thing is, I'd probably be more inclined to sell if I felt like people valued the first, the way I did, but nobody really does with the picks. It's weird. Even these like bad teams don't value the picks, which I don't understand how they ever think they're going to get good. If you don't start valuing the picks when you're bad.
1: Yeah, at this rate, it seems like it'll take multiple years for the non-believers to become believers. And, um, you know, it, it, which makes sense. It takes certain rookies a year or two to develop and kind of show why they were worth that draft pick. But, um, you know, the correlation with draft, um, capital, both fantasy and in real life, uh, is very high for those, uh, top rounds when it comes to actual performance as well. So, um, I th- I think I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've seen a slight uptick
2: in value from the non-believer crew in terms of their, their draft capital, like Sloan, like when in our chase Edmonds, Dalton Schultz deal, like Sloan was definitely going back and forth with me over, you know, a third and a fourth being tacked on, or like, you know, whether or not he was going to give up a second, like Austin's been hesitant to like, you know, part, part with the pick, like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a little bit, same with Colin. Like I I've tried to engage Colin on his picks and and he's been a lot more hesitant. So I, I feel like the value's changing a little bit.
0: Yeah. It's, it's moving, but I mean, the thing is right now any rookie that's having a decent year at this point is going to be nearly impossible to acquire. Like you're not going to get them without overpaying. So by a substantial margin. So if you're one of these taking teams, like, just hold these first, even if you can sell the player later on, like for something, like they'll hold value for a while. People are going to believe. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not trying I think- to get people to believe in first more, but I just think it's like, what are you doing at this point? If your team is bad and you're not going to believe in picks, you're not going to be able to get a good young player for like any kind of discount. Like you're going to yeah. have to mortgage your whole team.
2: I feel like there's this, looking back at the 2022 class and we should definitely, I mean, we should definitely do a pod where we, you know, redraft first round or something, but I, um, there's been enough hits in the first round where like, if I was a non-believer that I would definitely start to reconsider. Like Brees Hall has started every week for me. He will start every week for me. Drake London has hit like a little bit of a rookie wall, but like he's shown flashes. traylon has been a bust, but you know, at least so far, but it's like Chris Olave. I don't know how he is still on a taxi squad. That that's almost criminal, in my opinion. Like he he should be starting. Like, I mean, Kenny Pickett. I'm not. I'm not going to say he's like you know he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's starting. Like that's you know that's a starting starting quarterback for you. And I know I'm forgetting some. There. I mean, Garrett Wilson's had flashes for Mike. So there's. I, I think there's reason to to increase your value on firsts.
0: Yeah. You have to. I mean, there's just no no other way to get good in the league if you don't make picks. You have to do it because that's like the cheapest opportunity you're going to ever have to get a star is through making a pick, even if it's going to miss.
1: You'll have, yeah, you'll have misses, but that's why you have four picks. You have some high upside, high downside sort of players. Um, but you're just looking for multiple shots at the dartboard. And um, if you're paying attention, you're likely to at least hit on one.
2: Yeah. And the crazy thing too is like you have picks like Damian Pierce who are like, they, they can be stopgap options for you. And like, you know, Damian Pierce isn't going to be a, most likely a player that you play for three, four or five years, but you know, you make that pick as a second rounder this year. I, I mean, what Dylan has him, I think like mm-hmm. if you, that that's a quality depth piece for this year, as Dylan's trying to make a, make a run that, you know, even if, even if you don't know who you're picking, like you might as well take a shot.
0: I think my draft is a perfect example of just the value of picks. Cause I didn't have any elite assets. You know, I was picking two only second round. And I would say overall, like with that draft, like not having even any high end first round picks, like I'm feeling pretty good about that. I mean, I know there's some bust potential in Bell and Watson, but. The other three, I feel good about, and I'm not saying the other two have no value. So I think even if you're picking in the second, there's still good value to be had, but we don't have to do a full, uh, you know, I know we love picks in this group, so we're in, we're in the right group of people to talk about it, but I think maybe we can move on to something before a little. before bit... we move on. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, uh,
1: just looking at my poorly organized notes here on bye weeks one more team I should call out. And you mentioned them. Uh, in relation to Tommy's playoff hunt, Matt also is going to face a pretty similar scenario as Tommy in week 10. Matt's got three QBs that should be starting the rest of the year in the NFL. Um, But week 10, he'll be without two of those three. So he could be a one of two QBs active week in week 10. Um, Not only QBs missing in that week, but that also includes T. Higgins and Mark Andrews out. So um, if you think about kind of, blessings ahead of week 14 for Tommy. It might be that Matt uh, takes a a back seat in week 10. So uh, hope you appreciate the shout out.
0: Yeah. It's there's dark days ahead for everyone. I think it's the moral of the story when it comes to this. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on, we got a lot of other topics to talk about. I don't know if we need to go into last week anymore. Um, You know, I think we've talked about the standings. We know the tiers. Mike, I think you gave your analysis unless you had anything else. I think one thing Brian wanted to talk about was just highlighting some of the weird touchdown scores from the last few weeks. Austin sent the tweet showcasing the 22% scoring down for fantasy football from last year. Brian, why don't you tell us who scored some funky TDs last week?
2: Yeah, so I feel like we've all kind of been feeling it in the league. Uh, and when Austin sent that text or, or sent that tweet to all of us, I feel like it just kind of confirmed it for me that I wasn't crazy because I was sitting back and I'm like, this feels like a very weird fantasy season. And, and I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt, that tweet could be wrong, I guess, but it definitely feels like it's accurate. And uh, so I decided for the pod to go through and look at just, this is just week six touchdown scorers. So I went through and found as many players as I could that, um, you know, like absolutely nobody was starting. Nobody would have even considered starting. They uh, and and essentially each of these players, in some fashion or another, would would have stolen touchdowns from you know much more higher quality players that were that were starting on our rosters. So, um, uh, Josh, Mike, and I played a little game, you know, before this, just talking about how how few of the these players you know, some of our league might actually know, you know, which teams they play on. So, uh, but, but here's our list. So Greg Dulcich, Jacob Ferguson, the Panthers defense, Ben Skoranek, Tyquan Thornton got two touchdowns, Jamichael Hasty, Jelani Woods, Braxton Berrios, Kenyon Drake, Daniel Bellinger, Rashid Shahid, Torrey Smith, Michael Pruitt and Dante Pettis all scored touchdowns. In, in week six.
1: Josh pop quiz. Who does Tory Smith play for?
0: I would have said Ravens, but I think that that's old. That's
1: right. Yeah. That, I I don't know either, but I was just hoping you'd know. I have no I'm, idea.
0: I'm pretty sure it's the Saints. Is it not? Saints. Okay. Good that feels like a Saints score. I oh. think Rashid Shahid just scored another big one. I was going to say week. that yeah. too.
2: <laughs> I was going to say Rashid <laughs> Shahid just scored a couple minutes ago. So, you Priority
0: waiver ad. That. Yeah. yeah. For real. <laughs> 53 yard touchdown from Andy Dalton. So
2: what are your guys' thoughts on kind of the weird fantasy season so far?
0: I, I mean, for me, I feel like I've been feeling it a lot with my team every single week. I am the top projected team by, you know, some weeks, 10 plus points. And I am like consistently getting sucked down into the like middle of the table hoping for Zeke to get a touchdown praying on a Sunday night, like give it to Zeke Eckler, please check down, check down, check down. Like it kind of, it is, it makes it way more stressful for a team like mine where I think I had, you know, I I've had a, a couple players just absolutely flop this year, which sucks, you know, that hurts a lot, but I definitely thought I would be pretty comfortably in the playoffs and it's looking pretty good right now, but you know, still like if Eckler and Zeke wouldn't have shown up this last week, I could have easily been getting like one or two points instead of seven. So I've been feeling it a lot, like these really good assets that are still ranked high that you still would want to start every week, just like a lot more duds. It feels like every, you know, it feels like there's a lot more boom bust. which is why I think Dylan's team has been so good because he hasn't really had a lot of boom bust, and the quarterbacks have been, you know, less to him because having josh allen is basically 25 points a week guaranteed
1: it's funny too because a lot of these players especially this year it feels like a lot of tight ends and fullbacks so these aren't even players that somebody might randomly pick up on waivers people don't typically pick up a fullback or tight end so it's not even people really getting the chance to kind of hit the lottery with a player um, it seems like a lot of teams are using like that third-string tight end as some random touchdown catcher, uh, Xander Horvath scoring, uh, stuff like that. It's like nobody's actually rostering those people, I guess, except I, for Sloan. Um, that, sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say it, it's, it's players that people wouldn't even consider picking up just based on the position they play, let alone their place on the depth chart.
2: That your comment really hits home for me because on Sunday I was, I was like, I was watching the Colts, but I was, I was constantly checking on 49ers Falcons just because I've got, you know, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson, Drake London. I had a lot of investment in Mariota to an extent too a lot of investment in that game. And early in the game, the, the Falcons drove down the field and got a touchdown And I was like, Oh, let's go. Like my, I bet my team's off to a great start. Like, I don't know if Drake London scored, but like, he, you know, he at least got a catch or two on the way down, down the field. And I, I like get into Bleacher Report and it's freaking Michael Pruitt that scored. (laughs) I'm like, I would, I would rather like get robbed by like Kyle Pitts or something like at least give me somebody that's like a good player. And it just, it killed me to see
0: that. I was like, what a bad start. I would have thought it would have been Alameda Zaccheaus. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he feels like (laughs) he's an ultimate touchdown poacher. I think the big thing for fantasy this year is really, you've also seen the true lack of like workhorse running backs. Like there is, I think only like, you know, maybe three or four across the league, you would say consistently are getting most, you know, all of the volume and the goal line carries, right? Like there's so many poachers like Mike came, uh, Mike brought up that are just, taking away touchdowns. So it makes it hard. Like there are good players. Like Aaron Jones is one. I feel like on my team, I know I've talked about my team a little bit in this segment, but like a great running back, but just AJ Dillon being there, like, it's just about a flow. And like, if you randomly get a 14 yard touchdown, like where the carries happen, like, these are the things you start. I can't even watch football normally anymore. Like I I really think it's become a problem for me this year. Sometimes I'll literally watch a whole half of a game and I won't even know what the score of the game was. Like, I won't even be processing who's winning, like where the momentum is. I'm just like saying, Oh, that's 1.8 points for Austin's team. That's 2.5 points for Sloan's team. Like, That's my mind is just like, I know every player, what team they're on. Like, that is all I'm thinking about when I'm watching a football game. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of unhealthy. Like when I reflect, I'm like, I don't even know what the NFL standings are like, but I know by heart, like how many table points everyone has. It's kind of, that's all right. You, You do your
1: actual football watching on Saturday and then do your fantasy watching on Sunday. It works out. Uh, but you talk about running backs and the lack of a workhorse, I think that's probably a trend that everybody needs to remain prepared for going forward just based on the way um, the league's headed, it appears, both with contract styles, a typical draft capital, and just kind of offensive schemes. It looks like we're going into an era of the split backfield. Maybe it's a run-heavy back and then a receiving-heavy back, or uh, something like Green Bay has where it's just two guys equally um, good. So, um, you know, it might take away from the running back position and maybe alters the way we all view our our wide receiver stashes or a different position group.
2: For sure. Would you guys be open to a, a, um, a vote at the league meeting this upcoming offseason on adding a third wide receiver spot because of that, Mike?
1: I would probably still – uh, lean towards our double flex. Obviously, that rule would help me a lot since I have no running backs, um, but um, I, I like the optionality it gives people to have a kind of a balance between running back and wide receiver. And I mean, it's possible this would be a little extreme, but it's possible we get to a place where a lot of teams end up playing two running backs on the field at the same time, given that they have such wide skill sets, and at that point you have a running back that's um, a running back by title, but plays like a wide receiver anyways. So I don't know. It, it might take a few more years, in my opinion, of seeing how things trend. But um, what do you think, Josh?
0: I just don't think that teams are deep enough to add an extra starting spot at this point. I think at when you, if we add one more starting spot for eight out of ten teams, they're just throwing in a random receiver that they have, and then it becomes like whose random receiver gets a touchdown And then that has like a significant impact on results. And I think my kind of like point of it is like, I'd like to keep, I know this fantasy football is inherently incredibly random, but I like to keep any of like, what I feel is like dumb randomness out of it. That's like kickers and defenses. Like both of those kind of fall into this bucket for me. And I think when you just start Throwing Mike, Mike's whole team this year is a great example of the dumb randomness of fantasy football, right? Like a team that you know is bad that you wouldn't want to start like five out of like five or six players that are starting every week, but somehow always puts up a hundred points every week just because, like, you know, somebody gets those targets. Yeah, baby. somebody gets a somebody gets a random target. Like Mike is never going to put up like one forty. You know, the ceiling is so low, but the overall floor for a fantasy football team, like that starting, starting players is relatively high. So like, that's why those elite assets make a really big difference. And so I think if you add a third wide receiver spot, you start to devalue a little bit of like those super high end assets uh, when you have limited starting points. So that's my personal opinion on it. What do you think, Brian?
2: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I don't think the league is ready for uh, another wide receiver spot yet, but just an interesting conversation. I actually wonder if you're going to see more owners try to lock up entire backfields and play both of them, you know, on a consistent basis. I was doing that earlier this year with Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and it was just because they were both essentially straddling the 50-50 mark in terms of touches. And it was like Brees Hall was getting all the, the receptions and the, you know, um, you know, it was getting 10, 10 carries a game and Michael Carter was getting all the touchdowns. So it was like, you know, it just made more sense to play both. And it makes me wonder if Mike's right about the direction the league's heading, if, if people are going to be more interested in having just an entire backfield and, and, you know, maybe, maybe you cap your ceiling a little bit, but you solid, solidify your
0: floor. Let's be honest, think, no team that's winning a championship is starting two running backs from the same backfield consistently. So this is like a loser a strategy. Yeah. This probably, is a, <laughs> but Josh
1: you're a perfect example. I think if you add Dylan that I would AJ not start Dylan, that is.
0: You I would not start AJ it, Dylan. He's not that good. He just is a he's a poacher is all he is. It would be tempting at
1: least. It it would be a viable option on some weeks and but that is probably the level, you know, what we would hope the Packers level of offense is, um, you know, that's the level of offense that you'd probably need to sustain kind of a a two-headed monster running back. But, um, I definitely think it's possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all about lowering the ceiling and raising the floor. That's what doing that does. Like,
1: it's what I'm doing with my chiefs receivers.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like you're just, I mean, you have Pat Mahomes, so typically that's good, but Sure. It, it seems like Noah Gray and Watson and whoever else Cody can score a Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever else can score a touchdown. The the thing I would be more interested in adding beyond extra wide receivers would be starting to get into IDP. Um, but I don't know if our league is like ready for that kind of jump. Cause I think it would just be like a whole can of worms. How do you start valuing offensive players versus defensive players I was 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 going to say, say, let's get into what that is for it's individual defensive players so that you would like, be like, I have Aaron Donald on my team and then sacks interceptions pass defense. Those become worth points similar to how offensive players are worth points. You saved probably half our league from doing a Google search there. So, yeah, that would be cool, but I just don't think it's probably the right league for it, you know?
1: And it would be really hard
0: to integrate it into a startup. We'd probably, yeah, need to do And I don't even know about defensive players. So it would probably be a huge learning curve where all we would all do like really stupid things in the draft and then totally get through it. Okay. Well, I think the last thing we have for today is Matt's power rankings. Is there anything else either of you want to talk about before that? Okay. Matt's power rankings. Michael, what did you think about the standings this week? How did you feel about the the fall of Colin? deep, deep down into second to last or any other thoughts that you had?
1: Yeah. um, Unfortunate for Colin and Matt kind of spells this out. You have a combination of um, injuries with Javante, Randall Cobb, uh, Waller's been banged up and then Antonio Gibson just being more of a a lineup decision from his uh, head coaching staff. Um, So I know that that whole trade worked out for you a lot better than him, but I also think there's a bit of unluckiness involved there, too. For sure. Um, yeah. Nobody saw Brian Robinson being somebody who would be the starter in name for that team, um, even if he's a solid back. And uh, obviously, Javante's injury is something that could happen to anybody. Um, as Collins' pick owner, I do like to see it, but um, I, I think this season has been harsher on Collins' team than his roster construction deserved um, beyond that kind of looking higher up in the standings. Um, I think it's pretty accurate. Um, Matt does call out a few bye weeks for a few teams, so kind of overlapping with what I talked about earlier, but I think it's pretty accurate uh, and spells out those tiers that we talked about um, a few groupings in the top middle and then kind of myself at the bottom, unfortunately, but um, looking at those top three, I think um, is very accurate. Not only who's in the top three with Dylan, Josh and Sloan, but I think the order is correct as things uh, stand six weeks into the season.
2: Brian, I do like, you? I do like how uh, Matt kind of teased uh, cam makers or Kadarius Tony trade right in the middle of his, <laughs> his power rankings. He essentially put them on the trade block in his power rankings. Uh, but I, yeah, mean, I, I wonder, that... yeah,
0: what a bad timing for both of those assets. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I do. I do generally like the, the rankings. I was, um, I felt like there were, it's just interesting. I feel like there were just a lot of interchangeable slots throughout this, the entire power rankings. Like I kind of felt like Matt could have placed himself ahead of Tommy. I could have felt like I, you know, Austin, myself and Angad could have been you know, completely, you know, switched up in, in, in any order. So it felt, you know, kind of like how we've talked about, there's just tears throughout this entire league. It
1: kind of felt like it, it showed itself in the power rankings. Yeah. You could very well jump Austin by the next iteration of this, especially with Austin having only one active QB this week. So yeah. um, Brian, you're definitely a high riser in my book.
2: My, my depth is uh, rearing its ugly head this week. It's, it's pretty ugly.
1: Um trying to figure it's, out who I'm
2: going to start my last
1: flex. <laughs> it's kind of ugly for a surprising amount of teams. Um, Josh, I know we were texting about this earlier in the week, but even your depth for certain weeks isn't as pretty as you'd probably like it to be. Obviously your starting lineup is extremely talented, but um, you know, not many teams out there with what I think they would consider a very safe slate of backups ready to be put in a starting lineup.
0: Now it's a, uh it's a scary time. I think for a lot of teams, there's just not like as bye weeks start to come. There's going to be some really weird players. We talked about it. I talked about it last week a little bit, but it's going to continue to get that way. One thing I do want to say about these rankings is in my opinion, Matt took a week off and he delivered his best rankings of the season so far. In my opinion, I think this feels like I could very easily see this being the final standings for the regular season for the rest of the year and I don't personally, I don't see anybody moving up or down more than two slots from this. Like, I think this is pretty close to, to where we land. I know we're six weeks in, but I I think it's just interesting to see how, how split the table is already. I mean, there's a pretty big gap between the table for six weeks. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like at this point last year, things were still really close, um, across the board, maybe besides Brian, but
2: I, yeah, was, well, I was in the thick of it most of the season. Like, in the thick of the bottom, I would say, for most of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dylan didn't really separate himself from Brian and I until maybe the last week or two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's I definitely thinking, more competition at the bottom. That's something yeah. that I, I have really... Sorry to interrupt, but
2: Josh, but this is something that I've really appreciated is, like, the parody that we're see- seeing just through the first two seasons. Like, Dylan was jockeying with Mike and I at the bottom last year, and now, like, he could very easily lock up a playoff spot by, like, the freaking trade deadline if he keeps going <laughs> at this base. And you've got teams like Colin, who, you know, obviously somewhat by his own doing, but, like, was such a consistent, you know, uh, consistent number one last year through the regular season. And is now kind of, like, toiling in the the middle to bottom part of the bracket. And, I mean, I'm obviously. was at the top two last year. Yep, Anga was up top. He's dropped. Matt and Josh both missed the playoffs. They're both, you know, seriously improving. Austin made the playoffs and has kind of dropped out. Like, it's there's a lot of movement.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only reason I'm a contender is because that trade I made with Colin during the offseason. I'll say it's very lucky how it ended up turning out. I mean, but, yeah, it's it's little things like that that make a difference. Dylan is the only one who I think has been fortunate enough to been able to just
1: kind of just Coast. sit. Yeah,
0: coast, which yeah, that's awesome. Good for him. I wish I was able to just coast, but
1: to his credit, he did take on a good amount of players that were injured or had something going on at the time of the redraft. So um yeah, he did a bit of sacrifice in the last season to get to where he is today, but yeah, he did still, you know, hit on a lot of those players.
0: For sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good good rankings list, Matt. Thanks for putting it together. Any other thoughts either of you have before we wrap up tonight?
2: I I just want to take a quick poll. What are your guys's you know since you don't you don't have Elijah Moore? What are your opinions on the the breaking news today about Elijah Moore demanding a trade? Uh,
1: that one, I I kind of side with him. Um, we weren't playing Dynasty back when Denzel um, Mims got drafted by the the Jets, but by all accounts, he was a, a talented player coming out of college, and he had a good rookie season, and they kind of let him fall by the wayside. And I would hate for that to happen again. Um, Cause I think Moore is a really good player, but yeah, I, I mean, the jets seem to be turning a corner, but at the same time, I would think they still probably have another jets mover to in themselves. And I think doing this with Elijah Moore would be one of them.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think it makes sense. Like, I don't know if he's that good. Like that's the hard part for me is he had, like he had a, a decent rookie year, but nothing like crazy or anything. Um. So being a second round pick in the NFL draft, you know, he was a second round rookie pick as well. I just don't know how, I don't think anything's going to happen from it. So like, I'm, I'm honestly surprised he even came out and requested it. Cause like, that's pretty crazy for somebody who like, isn't, totally unproven like that's a it would i mean it would improve his stock i think just about anywhere he went except for carolina so i would it would be pretty hilarious if dj moore and elijah moore ended up like swapping uh teams but
1: elijah moore's next three opponents denver new england and buffalo it's going to be some tough secondaries so it could be very well into the double digit weeks before we figure out whether he's got a good sophomore season and we're not.
0: And I do want to say too, Brian, you have had an incredibly unlucky year from how the receivers have turned out and just players in general, you've gotten pretty, I mean, things are fine now. Like you're in a decent position, but I thought like you might be a borderline playoff team heading into the year. if Things turned the right way, but yeah, it just hasn't really fallen how you would like it
2: to me though. That's kind of the, that's the difference of like, Having depth and not having depth. Like I, I, I had pretty much two or three players on my bench that I would feel okay shifting into the starting lineup at the beginning of the year and just the way things have gone, you know, I've lost that, that buffer and, you know, it's hard to recover from that. I'm happy with where I'm at. And I especially feel like I have, I now have a very clear set of players that I can hold on to that are, that are showing some, some development. Um, but you're right. I thought,
0: you know, I, especially through the first two weeks, I really thought my team was a lot better than it was performing. Yeah. If you would have said Brees Hall and Drake London would have been like this good going into it. I think you would have been like, "Ah, I think I have a shot at the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, Mike, any thoughts? Are you good? No,
1: glad to jump on and We'll be looking forward to hearing Sunburnt Sloan on uh, next week's episode with his, I'm sure, in-depth analysis.
0: Indeed. Well, thanks to both of you for coming on. Appreciate the time. It was good chatting. Always love getting a bit deeper in terms of fantasy strategy, but I'm looking forward to Sloan being back. No, lo- we still have love for Sloan, despite his shenanigans this week. Totally. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. See you guys.
3: God bless.